Yes, hello everybody and welcome to yet another roll of the dice in the world of the Fox Sports Rugby Podcast. I'm Sean Maloney and in the room here at Fox Sports HQ is Sam Worthington back again and Stephen Halls joins us once more. Um, we pushed out Hamish Bidwell out of New Zealand from last week. He goes home happy. Were though you would have been smiling as the All Blacks pasted the Wallabies all over ANZ Stadium last weekend. Uh, mixed emotions, really. I mean, I was happy that the All Blacks played some great footy and I was uh, there in the media box to, to watch it. But uh, it's probably not good for my job, is it, if, if Aussie rugby keeps going this way? Mato's a bit worried that, uh, you know, we're looking at the potential death of Australian rugby. I think they might be a little bit uh, a little bit uh, over the top. But, uh, yeah, suck pr- you. probably not good for my job if they no. keep going this way. Well, hopefully they get another You'd loss and they sack you because that's, yeah, I just think it's... You're infiltrating, you know. He's a spy, essentially. You've got a Kiwi here writing for foxsports.com.au. You can't have And a, you're smiling every you time there's have a, a crack. loss. Oh, no. You can't have a crack at me about spying after the underhand tactics of the Australians in the hotel. Oh, How do we know oh, it's oh. the Australians? How do you know? It could be anyone. I reckon it was... I reckon it was Los Pumas getting, it could, <laughs> getting exactly. an advance. Could be South right. Africans. It could Los be the Pumas. English. It could have been the English before they left. Eddie, How do you know? Anyone Eddie Jones. Mate. Could have been Eddie Jones. Don't, 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 don't. off Eddie Jones, mate. We've tried that. Didn't work. Yeah. Um, okay. Bloody so. Good coach. Yeah. So, how, um, how did you how did you guys feel? It must have been pretty, uh, I actually pretty tough to watch. I had no. Inkling. A lot of people walked out at half time. Did I you saw sit mate. through it? I, I sat in the stands and watched the whole thing play out, and was lucky enough to sit next to Brad Thorne. Well, Cup winner, Heineken Cup winner, Super Rugby champion, uh, Rugby Origin. League champion, Origin. Doesn't matter. Um, doesn't matter what really competition there's ever been created. He's won it. Uh, he's done it all, and when they scored that first try, when the All Blacks went through via right and Crotty up with some disgusting defence from the Aussies, he said to me, he said, mate, this is going to get ugly tonight, and he, he had a feel for the game at that stage, that early stage, and as it continued on, the one thing that he was astounded by, um, which led me to fall in love with him for the 80 minutes, because he's, he's competitive, that guy. He said, I cannot believe the easy metres that this Wallabies team are giving up to the All Blacks. And it was there for all to see. They got hammered. Um, they got hammered when they were defending. And when they tried to attack, they got hammered there too. So he was he was not up on it. He was not big on that at all. Well, that's the biggest disappointment from the weekend. You, you know, you can throw in line-outs and tactical kicking and whatnot, but you, you can almost wipe that and go, why did a side coach by Michael Checker physically not front up to what they normally do that's what was so hard to comprehend because you know that's the biggest part of his game you stand in front of people and hurting them hurt them when you tackle hurt them when you run hurt them when you clean out and they just seemed that they were they missed the it's like they missed the jump and they couldn't recover everything was sort of done on the back foot guys were scrambling and, and you're right it was just the easiness that the all blacks were getting meters and how hard it was for the aussies to get meters it was just it was mind-blowing yeah that's probably what as a fan you can cop it if, if guys drop a few balls here and there make mistakes with their skills but that physical edge that intent wasn't wasn't there from the start and yeah they're obviously chasing uh chasing the proverbial so yeah i think we'll obviously see a reaction this weekend um if not you know it's it's serious alarm bells if we don't see a reaction uh this weekend the thing that got me as well um obviously the set piece was a disaster i mean it was a disaster across the park in its entirety but 
you think back to some of the spankings we've copped, say, in the last six years, when we've been tuned up, dialed up, outside of New Zealand, particularly here in Australia, they might score 40, um, but we might get to 25, 26. Well, there's at least some endeavour, there's some adventure there, um, and there's points from the Australian side. They didn't, they didn't look likely. They didn't look like scoring... I mean, I don't even know how they scored in the seventy-second minute. To be honest, that was a Nick for Fitz, me. That, that was, was one of the great finishes I've seen in Test rugby. <laughs> yeah, Nick, but Nick you know, on the wing. But, but you know what? It was fifteen on fourteen. Kieran Reid was off the field instead of playing some footy and looking to go on quickly to give those who had braved that performance for the duration. They slow the game down. They start kicking the line and setting rolling malls. They set the rolling ball five from the Kiwi line and get turned backwards. Eight on seven, and they still get turned backwards. It was only a numbers situation that let them get through for that last try. So it was, yeah, I, the, the team I love, the team I want to go well, they just threw it all out the window at, on Saturday, and you can't do that. I, I, you can't I, do that at I home, this you bloody so on. Knowing, knowing where they let themselves down in that contact area, I think that's an easy turnaround because a lot of that is uh, a bit of a cliche, but it's between your ears, that, mm. yeah, that type of stuff. So... I was worried as soon as Gitz left the field and then Tamua was snake dancing and Rob Horn goes off. I thought, we're not going to get points tonight. Like, we just didn't have... You, you can't function at test level against the world's best without, you know, when you got Nick Phipps on the wing in the middle, he was a shining light probably yeah, in the, one of the best. That back line. So, um, yeah, I, I'm still I'm still yet to see. I'm just worried. Where are we going to get 20 or 30 points this weekend to win? I'm certain our defence is going to be... We're going to stand up and we'll fight for, you know, 80 minutes, but I'm just not convinced we'll get 30, 30 points to beat the All Blacks. Yeah, well, we've just seen uh, what Michael Cech has made of it all with, with the team that he's put out and uh, Quade Cooper at 10, the, the, the bombshell. I think uh, there was talk that he might get a, a run at 12 with, with Foley at 10. I assume they're going to you know, play left and right, sort of almost leagueish to, to to some respects, sharing that uh, first receiver role. What, what do you? How do you think that's actually going to play out? Before, hang on a second. Can I just ask you guys, before we jump into uh, what's to come this weekend, is it okay, whether you kind of excluded from this, but is it okay, Horsey, just to to just crack the shits a little bit with your national team's performance? I mean, uh, from a host broadcasting perspective, we deal with these guys week in, week out, and have a good relationship with them. But is is it okay? Don't you? Is it okay? Do you think to at some point just go? You know what? That was shit. Yeah, I, I think it is, and and I. You know, I'm torn as well because I'm here speaking about the game and a lot of these guys are my mates I've played with. And, and I know that, you know, if, the thing that I feel for the players is if someone said, you're out there in the middle, you couldn't do any better yourself. It just happened on the night. And you know that if you're out there, you couldn't do anything about it. Even though as a former footy player, you've got the ego, you think you're a good footy player. The thing with that I've, I'm struggling with is um, just the the contact error really let us down. And, and I think it is fine for, for us to have the shits if... The message that we're all given is we always support you, always cheer for mm. you, but you just hurt us a little bit, boys. So yeah. if you're listening, um, you're probably not, but you know that we're the messages we're trying to send is because we're, we know there's so much more in you. If this was the best they could give, you'd be like, you know what, there's not much more they can do, but we know those players out there can do better. So everyone's disappointed, but they're still supporting. What's it like as a player when you have a crap performance and, and everyone's just piling on to you. I mean, is, oh, were you a, a guy that uh, everyone says, oh, I don't read the press, but that's obviously nonsense, isn't oh, it? Oh, no, most, like most I think, you know yourself, no, you? Know, yeah, you don't need to read the press to know if you played well. Like, the, the best thing about playing the game for me was going in the sheds after a game knowing that you didn't let your teammates down. So on the flip side, the worst thing is walking in and looking at some guys going, I played so bad. Like, you almost can't raise your eyes and you just have the worst week. You're on edge, um, you know, like you're... 
and annoying to be around in the house. You almost don't talk to people. You just want to play that other game. The bumps and bruises almost, you don't feel them. You can play another game on Monday after a performance like that. And invariably, they will play better, surely. They're going to make yep. tackles and, and, and front up. I mean, the, the missed tackle count was just absurd on the weekend and shouldn't happen in front of their home fans. Do you know what the other one that really, really frustrated me? We're going to end the weekend to come in a second. The other one, the other key statistic that really really um, shone for me. You can have your line breaks, you can have all that other stuff. It was the offloads. It was 16 offloads to three. At what point uh, Australian Super Rugby sides, South African Super Rugby sides, and then by extension international teams going to realise that if you want to beat the All Blacks, you have to match them in that department because when you offload, you get metres off the back of it. Three to 16. Well, offloads come on the back of winning contact, and that's what the All Blacks did all night. So that is a clear indication. And, you know, people don't intentionally go, I'm going to go out there and offload. You offload once you break through or get an arm free. So it's just a really, again, offload numbers is an indication of poor defence. So it just highlights the fact that we just weren't wrapping them up. Two-man tackles, something Michael talks about a huge amount. One high, one low, smashing them, getting in between those channels as well. So, like, coming up, um, not many people sometimes see, but you get in between the person who may get the offload, so you've got to read the game, and when you're on the back foot, these things are difficult. New Zealand's locks as well, I keep coming back to them, and just how much of an edge they give them, like the, the best pairing in the world, and they can, can play in the back line. You see Brodie Retallick uh, out there acting as a genuine playmaker in the back line, able to either cut it up or, or throw a nice pass. So I just think that's the, the locks with Australia, I keep coming back to that. They just haven't been able to find a, an adequate combination to, to front up at this level. Perhaps they can turn it this weekend. Okay, as Sam Wellington mentioned, the team has been named. Quay Cooper at 10 returns to NZ. Uh, Bernard Foley at 12. Other changes up front. See Adam Coleman come in ahead of Rob Simmons. Scott Fardy returns to the number six position while Hooper and Pocock stay as is. Stephen Moore hangs on to the captaincy and starting role there in the hooker position. And Samu Karebi comes in at 13 as the only other change to that lineup. Samu Karebi, many thought Israel Flower go to the centres. How's that going to pan out with Samu at 13? Well, out of those 10 and 12, um, Bernard and, and Quaid depends who starts at 10 and 12 or whatever they'll mix and match I'm certain Samu's obviously the ball running you know the meter eater out of that too so I thought Samu was pretty good against England if they need a little bit more go forward off starter play there's always the potential to have Izzy stand in at 12 or 13 and, and Quaid can play a little bit out the back if need be so I'm certain there'll be some flexibility around but it does put a lot of pressure on Samu to try and get some go forward but there's pressure on everyone, so it's a good result. I do like the fact that Adam Coleman's in. That's a, a good one for me, a good up-and-comer. Played really good in Super Rugby, and you mentioned the the All Blacks locks. Well, Adam Coleman, in my opinion, is probably the closest thing we've got to a Brady Retallick, and he's young and he's going to improve. He can pass. He's got a, such a long stride. He's got good footwork. He's also got a bit of mongrel in him, you mm. know, so I like that, and I like him with Kane Douglas, and I love Skelton off the bench. Like I've been, I said last week, mm-hmm. If I'm a Kiwi, an all-black, and I wake up and I read the program and I don't see Skelton in there, I, I half go, oh, that, that's not bad. Like He's caused damage to the New Zealand sides at Test and Super Rugby level over the last you know, 18 months. So I'm glad he's in there because we need a little bit of that late in the game too. There's a couple of ribs that aren't going to get broken if he's not there, but potentially if you get caught in the wrong spot at breakdown time and Skelton's lurking, mm. might just pop a cartilage. Ribs, everything. I've got no toenails on both on about eight toes at the moment because two-year-old injury. On it. Grade two skeleton, it's no-nose. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
He just like stamps it. on you. Yeah. He's stampy. Size 20 foot. He'd be a good stampy, like from The <laughs> Simpsons. The big elephant, stampy. Just crushing stuff. Um, so he's off, he's off the bench. And they take on an All Blacks team that has had the luxury to make five changes to... Their lineup changes in the centres with Anton Leonard Brown going in as well. So um, a bit of a shuffling of the decks on both sides. Perhaps that gives the Aussies a chance to uh, actually know. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to go in with the lowest of low expectations. I've seen the line that the bookies have set, 19.5. The Wallabies are $9.50 head-to-head. That is the biggest price I have ever seen a Wallabies team in the history of anything, I mean, you don't have to you don't have to like gambling no. or um, be down on gambling to know that it, essentially they are ten to one shots. Inevitably, it'll be closer. It's just how sport works. Even though they're going to Wellington, where you know they're going to be ridden off, but I don't, the All Blacks just they'll, they'll try hard to to start again and, and get their motivation going. But it's it's pretty hard to to just manufacture when you've you've romped over a team. So I think they're going to struggle to match their first half effort, which was close to perfect and, and the Wallabies are you know, inevitably going to front up and, and physically be in the contest so I can't see the Wallabies having the quality to win it but uh, I, I genuinely think it'll be a fair bit closer than it was was last week. Yeah I agree that that line 9.5 points we have to be better if we halve our missed tackles that I can't see a, and I think that's very doable halving our missed tackle rate because that was atrocious on the weekend so I think we're going to be competitive I'm a little bit worried about the points because new combinations but at the same time, you've got Quaid, you know, he can generate things from nowhere. Izzy needs to get more ball. Uh, that's why I think they'll shuffle him around in different positions. So, yeah, while I'm, I'm always confident in the Wallabies, last week was a huge hit. And, and when you're this hurt, I think you'll see a, you'll see a much more spirited performance from the Wallabies. I, I might have thought, uh, I know the damage was done. I know the game was in the bag at half time. But when you look at the Australian team that they rolled out for that second half, in terms of their back line especially... The All Blacks should have, they should have put 30 on them in that second half. They mm. only managed to rack up 10. There's a couple of disallowed tries, wasn't there, that uh, could have blown it out even more, just, rightfully so. You know what them. I mean, though? Like, they yeah, they could have got real, they, they, it should have got real ugly, given the, the juggling of those, that back, the Wallabies Given back the start line. and the injuries that the, the Wallabies the went through. Yeah, yeah. I, Nick Phipps was a defensive powerhouse on the, on the wing. So they, can't, they can't get any worse. You can't, like you say, Horse, you can't imagine Dan Hallett Petty's going to miss... Uh, tackles like that will be caught out of position like that again this time around. Um, yeah. They really targeted Taylor Petty, didn't they? And we, they we, did. we all saw him play so well against England and, and you know, I thought yeah, absolutely a deserved selection. So they obviously spotted something and just really went at him and isolated well, them. And, well, I don't know if they spotted it, to be honest. It, it's quite typical of the All Blacks to try and get width and that's what they're so good at. When they do have an overlap and width, it doesn't matter if they've got numbers 1 to 5 in between 10 and 13. Those guys in between can catch and pass as good as anyone, and that's what they're so brewing at, getting the ball to the sideline whilst going forward and, you know, sitting defenders down. So Halepetti was a little bit tight, and yeah, he was caught out, and, and then the opportunity when he didn't have to make a couple of tackles, he didn't. So he's playing in an unfamiliar position, but that's not an excuse for a guy. He's played a lot of footy around the... Anyone who plays fullback should be able to defend on the wing because they're always, you know, it's like a pendulum. They're always moving in and around. So any winger in my eyes is should be able to cover fullback and vice versa. You sort of touched on it. The All Blacks don't do anything... They're not doing anything revolutionary a lot of the time, are they? All they're doing is executing the, the basics at pace, really accurately passes out in front of the man running onto it, options, everyone in the right place. It's not like they're doing anything that, that other teams can't replicate. It's just the, you know, the, the execution of, of that skill under pressure is so high. Yeah, under pressure and under fatigue, that's probably the big one there. They're just sharp and, and they probably just look 
a little bit more powerful at the moment. You know, we we look as though we're, you know, we're tired and you know we've had a big campaign. And again, I go back to last year. Our best players play so much rugby because of our, you know, our lack of depth and five Super Rugby. They don't get sides. looked after in Super Rugby. No, they much. don't. Like yeah. Michael Hooper, you count his minutes compared to, you know, uh, an Artie Sevilla. He gets Sam like, Kane. Sam Kane. Like, you know, you go back to Richie in the World Cup final. That was his twenty-fifth game of the year or twentieth game of the year. Dan Carter, Kieran Reid, round about the same. Whereas Hooper, Pocock, Foley, Falau, they're all playing their thirty-fifth game of the year and they're all playing averaging probably seventy-five plus minutes. So. Again, I'm not trying to make excuses for this team. I'm just saying that that's why we're in this predicament because we get every bit of mileage out of our best players. Has Bernard Foley ever played 12? I haven't seen him play 12. Uh, he's certainly done it you know, at, universe, at club level for university. Yeah. And again, it's similar to you know a, um, a fullback and a winger. If you can play 10, you can play 12. And I think with he and Quaid there, I'm not, I'm not Has saying Quaid that. Has Quaid played any 12? Um, I think he started as his early tests, he played some 12. Yeah, yeah. did he? Yeah, he did yeah. actually. Yeah, when his first tour over in Europe, he had a bit of time at 12. And It's, yeah. a, it's a mess of call, isn't it? And Foley, it's, it's been strange. He was so, so good last year and he does seem to have lost his confidence for whatever reason, but I would have, I would have stuck <laughs> with him. don't have too many other options, to be fair. <laughs> I would have stuck with him at You've at got Hauntemur and Gidda are all busted, so like, that's an expensive weekend, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, okay, one player that I cannot wait to see get a start off the bench this weekend is Reese Hodge, who has Manley, bounced from level to level to level with absolute ease. Former Manly Marlins Colt made the jump to grade after uh, after killing them in the Colts ranks, then found himself playing down in Melbourne with the rising in NRC and... Melbourne Rebels followed this year. Breakout year in terms of try scoring. Can handle himself on the wing, in the centres, at fly half, at full back. He is the complete package and will run out, hopefully, on Saturday night in jersey number 23. What a success story. Yeah, I've, we've watched him closely over the last couple of years. And you're right, the, the point that, that everyone's making about Rhys Hodges is that every time he's been given a chance in a whether it be a different position but in a higher level he's exceeded and some of the stuff he did for the the rebels issue was was outstanding like you know to be compared to sterling mortlock early on in your career is a pretty big rap but he does remind a lot of people myself included of sterlo he has some he just can bust through the line and have that you know real powerful running look about him and he kicks the ball a mile he's probably not the most accurate kicker yet mm. but he's got a huge boot on him so mm -hmm. From all reports, you know, he was a, a last-minute sort of inclusion in the England English Test squad and really impressed everyone in there. So nice to see him get an opportunity and pretty daunting place to do it. But he seems to me like a guy that doesn't get too overawed. Well, he doesn't. And I'll go back to Rebels v Crusaders this year where they got spanked. He was a shining light and was bashed up. He, sh he was carrying a horrible shoulder injury, managed to power through that and score one of the tries of the year. The guy has got some serious minerals. So he won't take a step back. He knows only how to power through it and get it done. And uh, a young kid, and you talk, I guess you can talk about this in a couple of ways. He might find it dawning, Halsey, or on the flip side, he Guys, I mean Wellington. I don't expect to be here at the start of the year. I'm going to have a crack. This will be good fun. Yeah, and I, I think you'll probably go that. He'll go with that approach. He, yeah. As I said, he looks like a guy that's quite relaxed, and sure there'll be a lot of stuff happening inside. But yeah, he's got nothing to lose. He's he's proved. He, and, and the good thing is, people have been talking that he should have been there for a while. So he's he's earned his opportunity, mm. and and it's up to him now. You can see a scenario where the Foley Cooper thing doesn't work out, can you? And Hodge comes on at twelve and, and does really well, takes his chance. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's my tip anyway. Maybe on, on at half time to to rescue the Just damage. See how it goes. Well, let's hope that it's not blown out too early and that the Wallabies and All Blacks can play out a tight one for us. Five o'clock 
are. It'll, five o'clock is going to be the on-air time on Fox Sports. And preceding that, it'll be our first broadcast game of the 2016 Bill Corp National Rugby Championship. In fact, 1pm on foxsports.com.au will be Andrew Swain and Cameron Shepherd taking you through the first game, which will be the Perth Spirit up against the Melbourne Rising over there at the UWA field. Guys, I'm excited about this NRC, and I'll tell you why I'm excited about the 2016 incarnation. We're into year three. Last year was not good. Um, I'm happy to say it was not good. It got lost in the in the glow of the World Cup, and it probably should have been held a little bit earlier in the year, so we're all channeling towards the World Cup as a collective nation. But this time round, it gets some clear air, and I reckon it's going to be a ball terror of a championship. Well, the uh, the commentary team alone star-studded, isn't it? There's been a few uh, recruits in the off-season. You've brought in, I think, Ben Robinson, Cam Shepard, like you, like yep, you said. Shep, Who else Shep have we got? and uh, Betty Robinson and Phil Wall. Phil Wall. Step back in as well. Big so, names. Yeah, good names. Good young. Very similar to the actual tournament itself, that next wave of superstar players coming through. Hopefully, uh, long-term next wave of uh, commentators as well. All very talented. And as I said, Andrew Swain and Cameron Shepard will call the first game, per Spirit v Melbourne Rising, toward the powerhouses of this year's tournament. Yeah, that's a, you know, again, the beauty about the NRC is that we're into its third year, and as Sean said, last year not great, but I like the fact we've got day games this mm. year. Day games always brings out the best footy. It's crowds? Crowds, exactly. That's a big one. No school rugby now, no so there's rugby. an opportunity. There's, not a, there's no super rugby. Wallabies are playing New Zealand, Brisbane. So if you want to go and watch some good footy, go and look at the local draw and, and get yourself to a game Saturday, Sunday, 1 and 3 p.m. for, for the majority of games. So good quality rugby so day So one games. of the great things about... So it's locked and loaded, 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, but when Perth have a home game and they're the earlier match... That means it's 11 o'clock local over there. So I was speaking to Heath Tessman, the captain, yes, and he goes, it's like I'm playing fifth grade because I'm kicking off at 11 o'clock. And I said, how good is that? They'll have to kick the little kids off the the turf before the game. How good will that be? You can get in, get your job done. You finish by one. 1.30, One thirty, uh, you know, trouble, danger, yeah. danger. <laughs> it could be anything. Um, I'm going to, uh, yeah, they've got both those teams, Spirit and the Rising, have got great squads to work with. So that one will be a tight one between the Spirit and Rising. I'm going to tip the Perth Spirit to open their season with a win against the Rising. Which way are you guys going to go? You put me on the spot there. Let's go the Rising. I've, uh, I reckon they're, they're onto a pretty good thing there down there at Melbourne with uh, with some depth building. So uh, give me the Rising. Yeah, I'm going to go the Rising okay. too. I'll go there just because I thought they had a better season last year. And, yeah, I think they've probably got a better, bit more depth in their squad. Yes, they had the launch. Heath Hesman tipped us into Aranu Arangi as the player to watch from the Perth Spirit. Following that and just before the test match this Saturday will be the New South Wales Country Eagles taking on Brisbane's, excuse me, Brisbane City. And this will be an excellent... Excellent opener for both these sides. New South Wales Country Eagles, under the guidance of Darren Coleman, have absorbed the Sydney Stars, who made way to enable us to have a even eight-team competition. Strong squad at home. It's Uni Open Day. It's going to be a big festival, eh? and I reckon that the New South Wales Country Eagles are going to open with some pop and roll the two-time champions. Do you really? Well, Huge. The Stars, yeah, they've gone to the Galaxy, haven't they? They've been sent, no longer existing, so... Uh, it's, I'm quite torn to be honest. As a former Eagle myself, um, you know, and a Ramwick player, that they've taken over Sydney University, Sydney Stars. So I'm really not sure if I'm supporting the Eagles at the moment. I, and if I see too much of that Sydney University varsity connection, I'd probably have to steer clear of it. But 
I do like a lot of the players in the squad. They've still got a good country influence. Ned Hannigan, play to keep an eye out. Uh, Robinson, the young tight head prop. I don't know who he's playing this week because he's in Wallaby squad at the moment. But, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know if you can tip against the, the two-time champs, Brisbane City. So just to make it a bit of fun, I'll go... Okay. I'll go Brisbane City. We're taking notes. We're taking notes. Uh, okay, so that rounds out Saturday. And as I said, so if you're on your lappy, you can watch from one till three, then flick it onto the big box, three till five, and then McArdle on the gang will get you through from over in Wellington. Then we will uh, park it for the night Saturday, early to bed, early to rise for the next run of games. It'll be Queensland country up against a side that I think are going to go particularly, particularly this well this year, the UC Vikings. There you go. And, uh, yeah, the Queensland Country uh, team sheet just came out. Missing uh, the estimable Brad Thorne, unfortunately. Got a bit of a tight calf. You can probably excuse the, the rookie at 41 years old for having a bit of a tight calf. What do you, you reckon? You should see how fit he is. Oh, it's ridiculous. Mm. Bumped in on Saturday night. He looks fit. He looks like he hasn't. Well, as he said, the only thing that's changed in his life, he hasn't played football on the weekend. He still trains each, each week as if he's a professional footy player because he's hands-on with the tight five in Queensland. So... Yeah, look, he'd be great for the competition, but at the same time, I, I like the fact that other guys will get a chance in and around him. Well, this yeah, well, this is the thing as well, and I know that your good friend Adam Fryer talks about this often, is the need for older guys to go back and play rugby so the younger guys coming through can get a taste of what it was like back in the old days. And it's an important part of rugby. I think that's one of the great things that makes it tick over that culture side of things as well. And I think he screams culture, Brad Thorne. And imagine like playing alongside him as a young kid from Queensland Prem grade or from the Queensland country and having the chance to try and aim up and impress a guy like that. I mean, you're going to take your game to a whole new level just if he's at the ground with you. It's, it's what you see throughout the week of what someone like Brad Thorne will do. And I've never played with him. So I'm just assuming if you're a young guy and you're late to training and you, you know, forgot your boots or something like that and you see someone like Brad Thorne and he doesn't have to say anything but how he prepares and, and that's sometimes how you learn. You just learn by, by observing. So, you know, I, I played club footy this year and, and Adam Fry was big on it and I think it's really important. I know we muck around and, and try and have fun with these podcasts and whatnot but it is a pretty serious thing that the, that guys in rugby tend to finish overseas and they, they you play as a kid, you start when you're six years old because you love it, then you're lucky enough when you're 20 or whatnot to get a contract and you play for money and we've got in this habit where as soon as the money stops we just stop playing rugby and I think we've got to get out of that habit you've got to go back and give something back to the club that or you know where you're from at the time it's very important because um, it, it may have a fair bit to do with why we're sort of struggling as a national team at the moment like you can go as far as saying that we lose connection with all our players they finish playing in Japan or Europe and then they're done. They're, those mm. guys have so much more to offer, mm. whether it be on or off field. And Brad yep. Thorne has a huge amount to give that Queensland country side. And they are yep. coached by Todd Ikefu. And uh, they're in the frame, actually. The bookies have the... I'm not, I'm not trying to sell gambling here, but I'm just saying that if you're looking at a line to draw on the tournament, that they quite well favour the Queensland country side. I know Checker hates gambling. I heard him in the press the other day. He's teeing yeah. off. Yeah. He's not big on gambling. Nah. He wouldn't nah. last long. Um, Sorry, Checker, if you He wouldn't last long uh, a the weekend races? away with my mates. It's <laughs> probably the best way of putting that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's that one. Queensland Country v UC Vikings. They've got some really good players. UC Vikings. Sammy Carter will be trundling around with them this weekend, looking to force his way back into the Rugby Championship squad. And the final game of the weekend is the North Harbour Rays v the Greater Sydney Rams. Now, these two teams may not figure in the finals or may. It's so hard to tell at this time of the year. But I tell you what, they're going to play some fun footy. And the addition 
to the Ray, so the Rams side of I've got two two stories around both these uh, of Vladimir Rovovo, the Fijian gold medal winning flyer, uh, is huge for the Greater Sydney Rams. This bloke can fly. How cool is that? That's that's great, isn't it? Just to add a bit of interest to it. Um, yeah, I'm not not sure what uh, how they managed to lure him over, but uh, or when he's when he's due to arrive. But I think Hawes, you had a bit of mail that he might be playing ten for the uh, well, the Rams. No, I, I just he is a ten, isn't he? In fifteens, right. I was told he was a ten. Revolver. Like, yeah. Nah. I was told he was brought in as a ten, which really? surprised me. Yeah. So, no. Yeah. Well, I don't know. So. No. No, I would have him at ten. <laughs> what would you have him as? I'd have him in the Fullback. outside backs. Yeah. Toss it to him and say run. This guy was a tri-story machine in the HSBC World 7 Series. What's his role on the sevens? Where does he find himself? On the edges or in Where the middle? Are they, no, on the, on the edges. Mate, that, it doesn't matter in that Fiji There's not team. a lot of structure there, there, there is, is, It doesn't matter. You play everywhere That's on the That's what I'm field. saying. He could be a 10. That's what I heard yesterday as a 10. So. No, I'd have um, Paul Asquith at 10 if I was Yeah, he was very was good last year, Paul yeah, Asquith. Yeah. And you mentioned they might not feature in the finals. And I actually think the Rays will be the sort of... Big Surprise package. Yeah, I do. Yeah. On the back of Norse being successful. And their coach, uh, Yeah, I hear Simon really good Cron. things about Simon Yeah, I'm Cron. hearing great things about yeah. Simon Cron, the Northern Suburbs coach who led uh, the Shawmen to their first title in nearly 48 years down here uh, earlier this year, beating City Uni. Yeah, great things around him. Julian Huxley's involved with Cronny as well. Yeah. So they're going to be, yeah, they'll be good. What's the go with Super Rugby players and their obligations here? Um, like, do they have to to line up, line up for the NRC teams or is it case-by-case yeah. case basis? I think it's case-by-case, case, but the good thing about this year compared to the last two seasons was that there was four Sydney teams, so it was very hard for the Tars to oversee four programs. So the Tars basically just said, okay, off you go to those four teams, do what you want, but they did protect a few players. Now, the Tars are in a bit of a, you know, don't like to say rebuilding, but they've got a young squad, so a lot of their players like you know Dempsey and Matt Lucas and Horwitz and Kellaway, they need these guys to play footy. So almost every player at the Tars that I know of He's playing pretty much every game. Unless they start to pick up niggles and teams don't qualify for the semis at the moment, I think it's the, the Tars have got a little bit more control over the program. So, um, again, I think the Sydney sides will improve. And we, we need them to because the Sydney four teams in Sydney really diluted the talent last mm. couple of years. No, I think that the competition has just a, a much more streamlined feel to it this year. The sides are each and every one of them are a whole lot stronger. There's more interest, as I said, because there's not a World Cup to look at as well. And the moving of the games to an afternoon is just a great result for all. And some rule changes as well. Can you blokes uh, take the punters through a couple of the rule 45 changes? 45 seconds to set a scrum. Uh, tries were six points Six now. points. Six yeah. points. The conversions were two points. Two points. Uh, still just a two points for the penalty goals and the droppies. Two points. Two I'd points like to well. see droppies. Anytime a ball goes over a post, it's two points. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see droppies given more. I'd like to see droppies worth like five. Oh, sure. No. Come on. Do you know how hard it is to kick a drop goal? Yeah, we I do know how hard it is. It's one of the few things I've never mastered in the game. But I've seen enough I don't want to see Yanni De Beer just sitting back yeah. knocking five field goals over. and Rob well, Andrew, who's getting a knock over? Well, if they're worth four points, people would be trying. You reckon? Then you have blokes just handing their kit as if they've never even been dirty for the whole it's game. It's going to be worst ever yeah, since. You've well, said some stupid things in the I commentary box, Sean, but that is right up there. I would love to see guys trying to pop them because it's almost impossible. What about if a forward? I'd pay that if a forward can knock one over five points. How the only that? time if you weigh more goal than hundred w- kilos, <laughs> perfect. Five points. That's no, more like it. The only time if a drop goal <laughs> should be worth four, four points five. should be off the back of a scrum. Number eight. That's the only time. <laughs> Zinzan Brook. Yeah. Oh, I love me a droppy because you never see him. You never see him. <laughs> okay, Did I you hope, ever, uh, <laughs> ever attempt one in your your career? Uh, no. <laughs> Paul's no. You, you would have surely. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, Did um, you? Never, yeah. never slotted no, one. No, I never. I don't think I ever nailed one. Wait, it's hard. 
I was disappointed so once. I got um, tried out for the forwards in the under-16s at school. Uh, went and bought my high tops, yep. Asics high tops. Yep. Pretty skinny at the time, still am. Yep. Um, came back and they said, no, mate, you're playing 5'8 this year. I went, are you serious? I've just bought high tops. So I just started practicing drop goals all game until they put me back to the forwards. Was there a return policy on those bad boys? Nah, so no. Misunderstood 5'8 the whole career. Uh, yeah, I spent a few years at halfback, 5'8 and 12. And I encourage all young kids to be able to do that. I think it was great. Kick drop goals. Both. And yep, play 5'8. Sure. Yeah. A, um, a few people have thrown out, sorry to interrupt, the Michael Hooper in the centres idea. I know it's not going to happen. There's a left field and a little bit silly, but you could see it, couldn't you? He, he could easily be a ball running 12. Yeah, you could see it. And you look at the some of his greatest, you know, plays have come off short man lineouts, short lineouts where he's out in the back line. So he's got an enormous change of pace and yeah, it, it could happen, but I think it's probably something that would be best suited later in games. Um, you know, at, you know, not against the All Blacks in Wellington, for example, that would, that would probably be the best time not to try it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we will wait and we will hope and we will um, cross our fingers, Stephen Hoyles and I, whilst Sam Worthington will wrongfully cheer for more blood to be shed from a Wallabies perspective. Uh, another reminder, the Wallabies are 10 to 1 shots to try and roll the All Blacks this weekend in Bledisloe 2. Uh, who knows how that one will go, but one thing I can lock you into for the weekend is that the Bill Corp National Rugby Championship will be so much fun to watch and will be worth getting your eyeballs around. Righto, uh, that's us done Dust for another week. Well, though, we can't do next week, uh, Halls and I, because we're going to Fiji. I heard rumours of this. Bula. I heard rumours of this. And, uh, uh, show, Naka. That's right. We'll get Wait, the real... So uh, the other rugby shows going on the road to Fiji. We're off to Rugby Town. What are we going to do over there? The Coral Coast, probably play golf, probably play... Uh, well, you know what? Probably play some rugby golf, go paddleboarding, surf... We're actually going to meet up with uh, Semi Kunatani, gold medal winning Fijian play, go to his village nice. up the Singatoka River, deep into the heartland, to the interior, they call it, of Fiji. Uh, it's just going to be awesome staying at the Outriggers. So we can't wait. We won't be here, buddy. We won't be in our tummy. We'll be in Singatoka. Send your postcard. We'll, uh, we'll go to right. the reserves bench. We'll be fine. We'll get the real who workers, get, who the real in, workers off the bench. Don't know who, haven't met Lindsay yet, but uh, I reckon the great Christy Doran could uh, could do a job for us here and, and who knows what star power will be lurking around uh, Fox Sports. Yeah, hopefully okay. it is um, going to be with the Bledisloe still in the balance. All right, we're done and us too. We'll see you in two weeks, but next week it'll be Sam Worthington and Christy Doran, the man we call Lindsay, jumping back into the chair.